Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's amazing. Five years in, we still can't get the damn intro to work right. Brandy. That's ah, probably not going to help. Um, Seth came and Sean Palmer with Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show, our 90-minute extravaganza. There's only three things to talk right now. College football, week one, U.S. Open, and, of course, we have our NFL preview at the end of the week. And look who has flown in from Minnesota and got in only 30 seconds late. Well done, Mr. Palmer. Woohoo! Minnesota! i got to tell you. Interesting trip. For those that have been following the show, you know I have been traveling ridiculous amounts this summer. Actually, this year. This is my 12th trip in 2016. Uh, a visit to uh, the Georges. Yes, that is their last name. They are one of those people that have first and last name, which are both first names. So the Georges, out in um, really Maple Grove, Minnesota, got in a uh, uh, Twins game. The State Fair, because what else do you do when you're in Minnesota but go to the State Fair? The Mall of America, which is fantastic, rode a roller coaster, did a couple of other rides. And then, of course, yesterday I saw the new U.S. Bank Field, where Minnesota will be playing, the Vikings will be playing uh, this upcoming season. And it is a colossus. It's basically a big ship, and I don't think that's by accident, being the Vikings, a big ship (laughs) in the middle of downtown Minneapolis, and it's huge. And you don't even get to see half of it because half of it is below ground. So, well done. I can't wait to see it on the the TV, which will be next Sunday. No, two Sundays. They start, I believe they start away, and then they play the Packers in prime time in week two, which will be an amazing show. So, Seth, shall we start with college football? Because Notre Dame, I can't say I'm not too upset to see them getting knocked off their perch. I'm not under the impression that they should have a perch to begin with. Uh, But, yeah, to see them lose, number one, I think everyone that follows college football, if anyone wants to talk about this uh, on this 90-minute show, 760-283-0846. Seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six. Um, in a thriller, in a true thrilling game, Texas led by two separate quarterbacks, a senior who's been booed for the last three years in Tyrone Swoops, and a freshman uh, Shane Bichelle, uh beats Notre Dame in double in I think it was overtime or double overtime, uh, fifty to forty seven, and what an absolute Blast of a game to watch. What a great first weekend of college football. And how smart, and I don't say this too much about the NCAA, how smart is the NCAA currently permanently setting this first weekend of college football to be the week before the NFL season starts? Well, I think that's number one. And you can also give credit to to the NCAA for having games in stadiums where they don't normally have games. 
right? I mean, you have Wisconsin LSU played in Lambeau Field. Wow. That, that's an awesome game to be playing in Lambeau Field. So, I mean, I think, didn't the tech, Texas played in Arlington? No, they played at home. Texas played at home, correct, against Notre Dame? I believe so. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, but playing in Lambeau Field, an incredible game by Wisconsin beating up on LSU. Awful who game. I, no, come on. What an awful still, game that was. No, no, no. It was unwatchable. Hold on, hold on. When I say good game, I mean an early upset. That's all I was going for. Not a well-played game. Because yesterday I saw a great baseball game that if you wanted to teach pitching and fundamentals, you should have been somewhere else. (laughs) So it could be a great game without being a great technical game. And that's what I was kind of going for. LSU and Notre Dame, two top ten teams, may have – look, you can say all day long that you can come back and losses at the beginning of the year are much better to have than losses at the end of the year, but it's still a loss. And LSU and Notre Dame, if they want to be in that playoff picture, need to win out now. There is no second loss. So to, to that degree, I think those are great games. Yeah, I, to me, I, I don't consider the LSU Wisconsin game a great game. I don't consider. I thought LSU looked awful. I thought Brandon Harris, after three years, has shown absolutely no improvement at quarterback. And right, at, I mean, as described in a horrendous last-minute interception to clinch the game. And don't get me wrong, even though the game was a two-point game, Wisconsin dom, I thought dominated and should have won by more. Um, Josh Rosen didn't look great at UCLA. Them losing to they lose to A and M. Um, the most interesting uh, event of college football week one is Houston absolutely beating the living uh, heck out of you know preseason playoff contender Oklahoma, and really leading to a very interesting point and something we discussed on our college football show last week. That's Houston's toughest game of the season. They do have to go to Louisville, who should be top 15. But other than that, they now are probably almost favored to go 12-0. and And we will see how that, that puts them right in the college football playoff running. You know, what's the most important part is not to be team not, ranked 19th. You know, you don't have to be ranked number five or number six or number two. But you don't want to be coming from nowhere either. And Houston's probably going to jump five, to about number five, nine or number ten, deservedly so. Greg Ward is a stud, and that defense absolutely stymied Oklahoma. Yeah, at Saturday. this point, Seth, at this point, Seth, it's not Houston winning; it's who loses in front of Houston, right? I mean, it's not a matter of if they will win out, because I believe they will. I think you believe that they will. They, they play Louisville at home, correct? I am not sure what it's Okay, I'm going to look that up right now, but I believe it's Houston plays at home versus Louisville, which is why this is set up this way. But anyway, the fact is they can just wait and watch teams drop because the teams above them have much harder schedules. They do play November 17th on Thursday night in Houston. So not only is it a at Houston game, but it's a primetime game on Houston at night. 
and I think Houston has to be favored in that game. So at least right well, now. Well, look, who oh. know, who know, I mean, heck, Louisville's quarterback Lamar Jackson or Lamar Johnson threw for seven touchdowns in the first half. So who knows where Louisville? You know, again, a team a little bit under the radar with Clemson, who did not look great against Auburn in Florida State. Uh, you know, in their conference. We don't know where Louisville will be, but it certainly does open the door wide for Houston. And not only did Houston dominate that, dominate the game, Oklahoma, a team which is pretty much the consensus favorite um, in the Big 12, looked very susceptible. And Peter Mundo, who a former back sports sports page writer who's actually now with Sports Illustrated and writes for Heartland Sports, owns Heartland Sports, who at some point I hope to have on the show during the Big 12 season, now, said this from the outset, that he didn't really understand the, the, the hype with Oklahoma. Despite the talent of Baker Mayfield and Joe Mixon and the other running back who I can never pronounce, Perrine, I can never pronounce his name, you know, this is a team that lost a lot of players. And they're inexperienced on the lines. And they look, it looked it. Houston ran them over. And, again, Tom Herman – pretty much will have his choice of job if he prefers next year if Houston does not go to the Big 12. And how does it – you know, does it get old for Bob Stoops that it seems every time they play one of these high-level non-Power 5 teams, they lose? This is, not, this is not the first time. You know, they started this – they actually started this trend losing to Boise in that unbelievable Fiesta game must be 10 years ago. But it does seem that Oklahoma every year – Whenever they're playing a good, you know, high-level, non-Power 5 team, they just don't seem prepared. Well, you've said this many times before. You don't believe Bob Stoops is a great coach. You think he's a good coach. And at the end of the day, if he wants to move on, your feeling is that he might be bored in Oklahoma at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's won his title. He's gone to, to other title games. He's won countless Big 12 championships. No, I just think it's some, sometimes you just need a new challenge. But, you know, I have said that before. Um, but it was an interesting week. The SEC, not impressive at all. Uh, yes, Alabama looked phenomenal with their two freshman quarterbacks, uh, or with their freshman quarterback, Jalen Hurts. I mean, Kentucky loses to Southern Miss. Mississippi State loses to, to South Alabama. Tennessee almost loses to Appalachian. Should have lost to Appalachian State. You know, Auburn, well, Auburn loses to, to Clemson. There's certainly no harm in that. But this is not – you know, Arkansas beats Louisiana Tech by a point. You know, this, this is not a year already where you're going to hear – you're going to hear the, about the great depth of the Southeast Conference. You know, we've had seasons where, Mississippi, where all six teams in one of the, one of the, conf, one of the divisions were in the top 25 – I don't think we're going to see that anywhere close to that this year. No, I'd agree. But Syracuse won, so that's important. They beat Colgate. Well, you know what? It's not so much – look, I understand you beat Colgate, you should beat Colgate. But it's not so much that they beat Colgate. It's how they beat Colgate. And their offense was fast. And when I, I mean, you, you said this last week. Dino Babers brings in a very fast offense. That's the way that they work. But from this Syracuse grad, I have never seen an offense this fast. And that includes Donovan McNabb. And I loved it. 
I loved watching it. I watched a little bit of it. But I did, look, um, Eric Dungy, their quarterback, 34 for 40 for 355. I don't care who you play. You throw 34 passes, you can bleed 34 out of 40. You're doing something right. And then the backup comes in, Zach Mahoney, who last year we uh, when we traveled to LSU, that was their quarterback, the walk-on. He goes six for six for 82 yards. So, okay, you say that's all right. So they, they threw 46 times. Colgate threw 24. So, I mean, the amount of plays going back and forth, Syracuse was, like I said, they were just very, very fast. Uh, I enjoyed watching it, and I'm looking forward to a 25 first down, 18 passing. Yeah, so it it, it looks good. And next week they play, I believe, Louisville on Friday night in the Dome. So it should be, a, should be an interesting test. Did Maryland play this week? Mm-hmm. Did they start off? We did. Did the turtles start? We did. We we had we had a similar uh, game to yours, where while we didn't throw forty six times, we had six different running six different people I believe scored running touchdowns. Um, we blew out Howard. I think it was fifty two to twelve. Um, we had a couple guys play both offense and defense. It was a pretty easy game, um, but with DJ Durkin really trying to recruit you know, jumping us in the recruiting standings by about 40 points to lose to Howard would not exactly have been, it would have been much of much help uh, going down the road. We have another, I think we have another easy game next week. I'm looking it up quickly. And then I think usually the third game of our schedule is when we start playing. Usually it's West Virginia, but I don't know who it is this year. I will take a quick look. Who is Maryland's schedule? Um, okay, here we go. Nope, no, oh, no, no West Virginia, no West Virginia anymore. We play Florida International on Friday night. Uh, there are 188 available tickets for $12. Uh, no. Um, and then we play University of Central Florida on Saturday the 17th, and then we start, then we play Big Ten the rest of the year. So, a, a legitimate shot to start 3 and 0, um, but at least there's some. In, similar to similar to Syracuse, for once there there has been there has not been much optimism, and Sean knows my feelings on the Randy Edsel era uh, at Maryland. But there with DJ Durkin in, there really does seem to be some optimism for some real uh, breakthroughs over the next few years. So we'll so, take fifty two so, to thirteen any day of the week. Yeah. Before we go on, so our fantasy football draft was last week. I think we did pretty well. We had one one short sight with Justin Forsett. By the way, he was re-signed today by the Ravens and will be instituted as the number one running back. We we he is the did number, mess he is up the number one running back. He is the number one running back. Yes. Okay. We did we did sacrifice D'Angelo Williams' roster spot for Justin Forsett. I'll take that on the hip. Totally my fault. Probably should have brought back D'Angelo. Had the money, and as usual, we wind up with fourteen dollars at the end. <laughs> As usual, we wind up with fourteen dollars because we always seem to do this. But I like our team and I like our chances. And we picked the all week four team for those that are looking forward to this. So and as I explained to Seth, we don't need to win weeks one through three if we win week four through ten or four through twelve. Because we can make the playoffs without winning that way. 
And we picked up Josh Gordon and Le'Veon. Well, we had Le'Veon Bell, but we picked up Josh Gordon very late. And one of the one of the great things about this league is, Seth, you and I get to pick the name of the league this year. And instead of football over booty, which I never really liked anyway, I'm trying. I, I was trying to come up with with names today. Have Have you thought of any names? Because I have not. I no, I said it. it never even occurred to me. I guess we get to name the league because we won last year, I'm assuming. Yeah. Is this, why we, is this why we get to name it? Um, no, I was going to go, I was going to actually Google this uh, to see what some of the more interesting names are. But, I mean, you know, I wasn't overly – I wasn't overwhelmed because most of us, it's not like we're good friends in this league. Um, you know, I'm an, I do. I had somehow had three we, three leagues on Wednesday night, and one of them is Sean Knows, or some of my best friends in the world. And we've been doing this league for 11 years, and everybody knows each other, so it's an easy to make fun of kind of thing. I only know one other team in this league. Agree. Which makes it a lot I mean, more could, difficult because say, look, we could we could name this after our. our some of our players, like Brown, Bell, and Brown, Bell, Caymans, and Palmer. I mean, for the championship. Spoken, spoken like, like a true law firm. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, should we make fun of the fact that we had to restart? Should we, make fun of the, should we make fun of the fact that we just had to restart our draft like four times? We how about a lot of shit for it? Wait, we've been <laughs> in the league how many years? Three? Yes. I think so. Third time's a charm. Last year was the third year, correct? Or was yep. it the second yeah, year? That sounds fine. No, it was the third no, year was... because we had our first draft during the hurricane. No, and we put like we bid like eight thousand dollars on Aaron Rodgers. No, 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 different league. That was Fred's league. Remember we All had right, Benny so... on the phone. That's right. You're right. Cause... It's a different league, so we have, we have to come up with another name. If you have if you have ideas. Seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six to go through our team, our quarterbacks are Carson. Remember, this is the the league with four quarterbacks: Carson Palmer, Matt Ryan, Blaine Gabbert, and Joe Flacco are our quarterbacks. Running backs are Devontae Freeman, Amir Abdullah, uh, Justin Forsett, and Le'Veon Bell, and Jonathan Stewart. Our wide receivers are Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Travis Benjamin, uh, and Josh Gordon. Our tight end is Jason Witten, the always reliable Jason Witten. Our defensive players are Navarro Bowman, my man Cross Ryan Shazier, and DeAndre Levy. And our kicker is Anna Vinatieri. Now, I did sit in on a draft last night, which I found very interesting. Let me tell you about it. Eighteen. You sat in on a draft? Yes, I just watched you didn't the participate? draft. Did not participate. It was my it was my friend's draft, so they had a barbecue. Is this what they do in Minnesota for fun? That made no sense because I didn't hear a word you just said. So try again. Is that what they do in Minnesota for fun? They sit in on fan, on other people's fantasy football drafts? No, they were actually having their fantasy football draft, and they had all the kids over for a barbecue. Oh, okay. I take it back. That's a nice way to do it. Right. So they had eight people which essentially means you're going to have an all-pro team each team. They, one quarterback, two running backs, two, two wide receivers, 
two guys that looked like who were twins, identical twins, but looked like Bill Simmons' doppelganger, which was all sorts of funny when I walked in. I was like, there's Bill Simmons. Wait, there's Bill Simmons. How are there three Bill Simmons? But even more so, it's $20. The whole league is $20. Now, why, you ask? Because they are required to make a bet for every game against the team that they are playing. And there have been some interesting bets. One of the bets was to paint the nursery. Another bet, my friend, oh my. was you can you can ha- so my buddy Brian George bet his friend Mark that he would hang the flag of his team no the flag of a team outside the outside the house for a week. Brian won. And his wife and his and wife course, was his wife was okay with that. Of course, Mark believed that he would have a Syracuse flag hanging outside. For some reason, Mark then got phone calls congratulating him on coming out because Brian <laughs> hung a gay pride flag. <laughs> wow. So... What Mark said last night was, I should have known to be very specific with Brian. I, I couldn't, Seth, I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, seriously, he was getting calls for the entire week on, are you sure your wife knows? Are you sure your kids know? And they need, and, and he needed to keep the flag up the entire week. Oh my! That's my friend. How did his How did his match. wife take? How did his wife take that? I could imagine how my wife would have taken that. Well, his wife, which is probably what your wife would have done, was, "You're an idiot." I think it would have been a lot harsher than that, but well, I agree. we'll stick with that for our purposes. But yeah. Oh so, my, that's funny. But, so they have a bet on every game. Yeah, and some of them are like two hundred dollar bets. So it's and it's not money. Each one is like, I'll take you golfing, or it you have to paint a nursery, or you have to help. You have to snowblow because obviously snowblowing is a big thing in Minnesota. You have to snowblow our driveway for the next two weeks. So yeah, every game is a bet. So the money is immaterial, right? Because twenty hours is twenty hours. But some of these bets right. can get, like, expensive. Like, one of the rounds of golf was $250 a pop. Ugh. But this is, this is what these guys live for until I sat in on the, on the, sat in on the draft. And it must be something about guys that look like Bill Simmons. Because you had one guy draft two kickers. And, his, and he drafted Gostakowski in the ninth round. And when I asked him his rationale, he said, well, I have my best quarterback, I have my best running back, I have my best wide receiver, so I might as well have gotten my best kicker. Uh... And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work. But okay, sure, if you're in an 18 league, I guess it works better. Then the other team, the other brother, says, 
when he drafted his second defense. I said, why are you drafting a second defense? It's not like there are so many teams that there aren't going to be defenses because you only have eight teams in the whole league. He's like, well, you know, one of them may get hurt. (laughs) Now, to be fair, I often draft two defenses because I like to rotate based on um, matchup. But I've never heard it because one may get hurt before. I I don't know whether he was serious or not, but I couldn't control myself for about 20 minutes. It was a lot of fun. I thank Mark and his friends and Brian and Jody for letting me sit in. And one of the guys whose name is Tommy, he's like, how many leagues are you in? I'm like, I'm in three or four. And the whole time he's looking at me, each time a pick is made and going, yeah, Sean's going to have a connection over there. Like, somebody just picked a kicker in the ninth round. Sean's going ballistic. He's like, Sean, who should I pick? I go, pick the felon. Pick Gordon. Pick Gordon. He's like, and Josh Gordon next. And everybody's like, Sean, you cannot help. You're done. <laughs> you found me. I was like, that's fine. But, yeah, it was it was a really good time. And it was interesting because, like you said, I sat in on the draft. How often – do we sit in on drafts that we don't participate in? It's not very often. So it was a lot of fun, and the barbecue, everything was great. So uh, so much love to those in Minnesota for that. And, um, and we're about time to start our NFL preview. Should we first start with the big trade that happened this past week? First the big injury followed by the big trade? Yeah, I guess I, guess, I think we have to. Um, you know, speaking of Minnesota, obviously Teddy Bridgewater out for the season, potentially more than one season, uh, with a dislocated knee and a torn ACL on a non. Um, and Minnesota, you know, a team with Super Bowl aspirations, whether they're valid or not, I don't know. Um, it is a. It was a devastating, devastating to say the least. Bridgewater while not a great quarterback, is very well-respected both in the organization and around the league as a whole. So everyone ho- so the hope is he will be back and ready for, to go on 17. But the trade they made was very interesting. Um, and Howie Roseman, you know, deserves credit in Philly, pretty much taking, exploiting a situation to the nth degree, which is his job to do. Uh, trading starting quarterback Sam Bradford, a quarterback that was not happy there, and really had no future in Philly for a event for a first round and a potential fourth, anywhere from second to fourth, contingent on how well the team does this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. Look, he, he definitely took advantage of the situation, but that, you're right, that's his job. But at the same time, now he has to tell Philadelphia fans, look, your, your season is over before your season begins, right? Yeah, but I don't think anyone. I don't think most reasonable. Now again, reasonable is a word you use in quotations whenever you're talking about an Eagles fan or Philly fans in general. But I don't think any Philadelphia fan was looking at this team and said, "All right, Sam Bradford, you know, for the one year he's going to be be the quarterback for this team." Without the assumption as Carson Wentz would take over at some point, and at latest in the fall of seventeen, um, that. Bradford was going to be the quarterback to take them to the Super Bowl. 
So I don't think most Philly fans are going to have an issue. They're getting a they're getting a real they're getting a, a they're getting a first round pick, which considering how good Bradford is, could be anywhere from as low as ten to as high as twenty to twenty five. You know, it could be I, I can't see them being that much worse or that much better in either direction. Um, and a potential other pick just contingent on how well he does. And I, I don't I, I think Philly got a lot for that. And I, I mean remember Sam Bradford having wanted to trade him for two second rounds in, in April, I would much rather have a first and a fourth or a first and a third. No, no disagreement there. I think that Rick Spielman in Minnesota, had a very tough task. He got the best that he could. And if I'm Rick Spielman, I make that trade because while Bradford doesn't get you greatness, he does get you a higher a higher floor, probably the same floor, but a much higher ceiling than Sean Hill. And that's who they were dealing with, with Sean Hill. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that this changes where? Do you think this changes where the uh, the Vikings would have wound up with Sean Hill? Do you think they go to the playoffs with Sean Hill, or go to the playoffs with Bradford, or neither? Um, I think they go with Bridgewater. I don't know if I don't think they go with with uh, with either. Bradford or Hill. I mean, the reality is, you know, Bradford has not been overly successful wherever he has been. You know, especially he's not really lived up to the expectation that you that you would hope for from a first round, from a number one overall pick. Um, you know, and we we'll we'll talk a little bit more detail. The team is very good, and I realized they had to make the trade also because their best player, Adrian Peterson. Is thirty-two is a thirty-two-year-old running back, and you don't want to waste a year. And that's what you know. If they didn't think, if they thought Sam Bradford was a huge increase, was a huge improvement, then they would have considered you know this year as a wasted year without a trade for a quarterback. So well, you know they did what they had to do. Nobody's happy about it except for Philly fans, but it's probably the right move. So given that, let's start in the in the NFC North which is where Minnesota stays. So Minnesota, Green Bay, Detroit, and Chicago. Chicago making a great move today, picking up the scraps of Green Bay, or what Green Bay viewed as garbage is one person's garbage is another person's gold. And Chicago picks up Josh Stitton to combine with Kyle Long to be probably the best guard combo in the NFC, if not in the NFL. And I love that pickup for Chicago. I'm just not sure with Jay Cutler behind the center that they're going to go very far, and that defense still has a lot of work to do. They do. Um, you know, nobody really knows what to make of Jeremy Langford, uh, whether he's really ready to take over for Matt Forte. Um, you know, Alshon Jeffrey coming off injury, free agent year, Kevin White, great talent, didn't play his rookie year due to injury. I don't know what you have in Chicago. You have a good coach in John Fox. That's the only but John Fox is a power running guy. You know, this team doesn't really fit that. You now their defense is not exactly reminiscent of the Lance Briggs, Brian Urlacher days of, of your 
or or the uh, the monsters of the midway led by Mr. Butkus. I, you know, to me, they're about a six and ten team. I, I don't really see. I, I don't. I don't really see any real. I don't really see any improvement or disimprovement. Although I do agree, with, as as you stated, with the signing of Sitton from Green Bay. Okay, so I'm picking Green Bay being the top team in that division. Uh, Jordy Nelson coming back, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams. I think Eddie Lacy. Seth, I don't know if you're on mute, not on mute, or there's a tremendous amount of feedback coming back. So might want to either okay. pull that. Sorry, I'm, I'm off. I was on speak. I was on speaker. I'm off. Okay. So I like Green Bay. I like Eddie Lacy this year a lot. I said that in our in our fantasy football preview. I don't think there's any reason to go away from Green Bay in this division. If Minnesota had a healthy Bridgewater, you might have taken exception to that. But without him, I don't think there's I don't think there's anybody that's in their class. I agree. It's one of those that you just kind of write in, and they 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 do tend to disappoint in the playoffs. But I, I concur that I think they're I think they're the uh, I think they're the, the pretty solid favorite in the NFC North. The, the problem with the ones that you that you write in. You want to find a way not to write them in. I mean, that's the way I feel. You, you try and find a way to say, this is this year they won't do what they've been doing the last five or six years. But with Green Bay in that division, I just don't see it. I don't see anybody that's going to come up and take it from them. And when you're when you're trying to dethrone the champion, that's what you have to do. And I don't see Green. I don't see Chicago. I don't see Detroit. And, and now I don't see Minnesota doing that. I like Detroit. I just don't see a defense. I like their offense. I like their offense more than I liked it last year with Calvin Johnson. I like Minnesota's offense, and I like Minnesota's defense. But they're not in the – they're not where Green Bay is. You, do, you, you just went to Calvin Johnson. Are you talking about Detroit or are you talking about Minnesota? Well, I said I like Detroit, and I like their offense actually okay. better this year without Calvin Johnson than I did with him. And I like Amir Abdullah, and I like what they've done with Marvin Jones. I just don't see a team that's coming up and grabbing the mantle from Green Bay. No, I agree. Um, I think you could have made the argument for Minnesota with Bridgewater. I don't think you can make it with Bradford coming into a new offense with one week to go in the season before the season starts. Um, I like Green. I'd probably go Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago. Not a lot of surprises there. Well, I'm going to go the opposite way. I think I don't think Minnesota makes it to number two, and I think Chicago is going to actually surprise people. So I'm going to go Green Bay, Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit. And look, I I, I like this division. I like this division. Nobody nobody in this division loses more than loses wins less than seven games. I think this is a very packed division. I don't like Green Bay. And I don't like Green Bay as coming out of this with a championship, of the NFC championship. I, I don't think they're as good as they have been in the past, particularly on defense. But I do like the division as a whole. The NFC East, man, this division stinks. I mean, this division <laughs> has all sorts of bad written all over it. There isn't one part that this is your division. I mean, you could get the preview a whole lot better than I could being a Giants fan. 
but there's not one team that doesn't have a whole lot of question marks on it. Yeah, I mean, I look around this division. I know the Giants are getting a lot of love, and as a Giants fan, I appreciate it. If I had if, to pick right now, I would pick to pick the division. I would go Skins, Giants, Cowboys, Eagles. Um, I think the Eagles, Ethan, without Bradford, with Carson Wentz taking his lumps, it's going to be a long year in Philly. Um, not saying it's the wrong situation because it wasn't as if they were they were a championship caliber team to begin with, but I, I think it becomes ugly down there. Dallas, you know, the biggest injury of the year, Tony Romo, out for eight to ten, for anywhere from six to ten weeks. While Dak Prescott did a hell of a job in pre in, in preseason, it is preseason for a reason. Um, the Giants spent the Giants pulled the New York Knicks. Spent two hundred million dollars, you know. Jerry Reese trying to keep his jobs, a la uh, what do you call it, Billy King in, in Brooklyn. You know, spending a, a lot of money on veterans. Although Ver, Oliver Vernon, you know, or Olivier Vernon, I should say, you know, it's only twenty six. You know, I look at the team. Rashard Jennings has been a bit of a disappointment. We don't know what we're getting out of the line. Is not great. You know, I do like the wideouts. I like Eli, you know, for now until he drives me insane as he always does. They, you know, their defense is pretty mediocre. There's no the linebacking crew is certainly below average, and the secondary is very young. Um, you know, I kind of see them in the eight and eight range. You know, I, I look, I look at the Redskins. You have a guy coming off a phenomenal uh, 2004-15 season in Kirk Cousins. You have a lot of wideouts. Your running game is pretty low. Uh, you know, you lose Alfred Marsh to the Cowboys. Your, your defense is okay. I think this is a nine and seven. I think a nine and seven very well may win this division. So I'll say nine and seven, eight. You know, nine and seven skins, eight and eight Giants. You know, seven and nine Cowboys, and probably five and eleven Eagles. Something along those lines. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, as usual, I think higher of your team than you think of mine, which goes back to where we were talking about in baseball. And right now it looks like the Yankees are doing very well, and at least they're three and a half out of the wild card. And the Mets are actually a half a game out of the wild card, and I don't know how that ever happened. But Seth thought that the Mets would make the playoffs. I did not. Once again, what do I know? I like the Giants in this division a lot. And I like him because I don't like anybody else. It's like Monty Brewster, and I want none of the above, which is kind of the same way I feel about our presidential nomination, presidential election this year, none of the above. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way, but that's another discussion for another time. We'll talk about that around November 5th. The fact is the Giants are the best team. They just are. I don't see any way around it. They have the most talent in this division. They have the best quarterback in this division. Yes, I just said that. The best quarterback in the division. And they have the most consistent player in the division, Odell Beckham. And they have the best player in the division, Odell Beckham. The only other person that's even close is Tyron Smith. But he's an offensive, he's a right tackle. So I'm not sure you put him in the same category. I think the Giants. What's that? Odell Beckham has been Odell Beckham has been hurt 
each of his first two years. And look, he's extraordinarily fun to watch. And he's a phenomenal player when healthy. But you don't put Dennis Bryant well, in, 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 in the same league. Is it Seth, we can't hear you. Seth, you're mumbling. I can't hear you, bud. You don't put Des Bryant in the same in the same in the same league. Well, Des Bryant played four games last year, so no, I don't. Odell may have missed one or two games each of the last two or three years, two years. Excuse me, he's only been in the league two years, but he put he put up phenomenal numbers. He has a quarterback that will obviously be able to throw to him, unlike Terry Tony Romo. Tony Romo, I don't. Look, Dak Prescott is going to do great things for Ezekiel Elliott. He's going to handle off that ball a lot. But as we said last year, last week, I have no confidence in their defense. Zero. So if that's the case, I got the Giants at the 10-6, the Redskins at 9-7, and seven, the Cowboys at 7-9, and 6-10. and 10. Cowboys at 6-10. and 10. Now let's go 7-9. 7-9, seven, nine. Seven, nine, and the Eagles at 4-12. and 12. I think the Eagles are just going to be awful. And I think they're wasting Jason Peters' last couple of years of of uh, great play down there, and that's a shame. Go on to the NFC South, where the Carolina Panthers play in game one on Thursday against this Thursday, actually, which is three days from now against the Denver Broncos. So I don't see – this is always the division where a new team takes – hold of this division every single year. I don't see where that happens this year. Carolina, to me, is by far and away the best team in this division. Do you agree? I do. I mean, You're mumbling. We can't hear you. The team was 15-1. and one. It was six minutes from an undefeated season. Uh, forget, you know, forgetting the Super Bowl loss, which they looked, admittedly, they looked lousy. Um, they were phenomenal throughout the NFC playoffs. And you look at the the division, the teams are just, you know, Tampa Bay is on its way up, New Orleans is on its way down, and Atlanta's kind of in nowhere land. So, you know, I would be surprised. I would be very surprised to see any other team other than the Panthers, uh, even without Josh Norman, win this division. Completely agree. To me, there's no doubt that this is – Carolina's division to win. I think it goes Carolina, Tampa Bay. Carolina winning 14 games. I think they go 14 and two. Tampa Bay going about 10 and six. New Orleans going nine and seven, and Atlanta going eight and eight. A lot of wins coming out of this division. But when you have say, the Eagles, well, when you have the Eagles going yeah, four and twelve, and we haven't gotten to the Rams and the 49ers yet. In the conference, I believe they play. Who do they play this year? Hold on, I gotta find out. Anyway, I believe they play the the AFC North, and the Browns are going to take a whole lot of heaping too. So let's go with that order. So Carolina, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Atlanta. Uh, the only thing I'm really changing is I'm changing your bottom two. I have Atlanta, who I think will be a bit, you know, Atlanta was off to a six and zero, five and zero start last year before falling apart. I do, I think they, I think they go eight and eight. I like Carolina around twelve and four. 
Tampa again that nine and seven, ten and six. I think they take a nice step up to uh, the, the team with a, really a lot of upside. New Orleans to me is in, is in nowhere land, um, and I have them going five and eleven, and I have Atlanta going about eight and eight. Five and eleven for for New Orleans. Well, that brings up another question: If Drew Brees does not sign a contract by the end of this week, he says he is not going to sign a contract with them. He's going to go to the free agency route. Now, Drew Brees earns about $25 million. So, for him to go that free agency route, it's actually – he's been franchised twice already. So, on the third time, I think he gets a, he gets like a quarter of the cap, which is like $44 million for one year. <laughs> Do you believe that Drew Brees winds up back with New Orleans next year? No. I don't. So where think, do you? Th- I think Drew Brees. Where do you- I think. Where do I think Drew Brees ends up? Yeah. <laughs> if you J- say the Jets, I E T S Jets Jets Jets. Look at it logically. New Orleans has a lot of needs. They don't have a great running back. Other maybe we should name the league. We'll take Brandon Cooks. Sean, just a, just a thought. Yeah. Apparently, apparently Sean doesn't find that too funny. Um, you know, they they have they have a, they have a decent receiving crew. They drafted last year uh, great the, the quarterback Garrett Grayson um, as as Breeze's heir apparent. Their defense was the worst in the NFL last year. Why are you going to spend a quarter of your cap on a thirty-seven-year-old quarterback? What's the point? And Breeze to me is not going to go. He's not going to go to a rebuilding project. So if he sees a team where a quarterback could make, legitimately make a difference, <clears throat> Jets, solid receivers, <clears throat> Jets. Um, you know, in a good defense, why not? I mean, yes, he's not used to playing uh-huh. in Giant Stadium in December. Uh-huh. I do see there's some problems there, but. I cannot imagine why New Orleans would sign him for, to that, for a contract at this point. For the amount of money he wants, the amount of cap that it's going to take up, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I'm looking down the list right now. So in the AFC, you got the Jets looking at giving Hackenberg, or Hackenberg another year. So the Jets could, could conceivably use him. Right. Well, I'm saying the Jets can conceivably use him. The Chiefs have a good defense, a decent running back, and could get rid of Alex Smith. They just signed Alex Smith to a four-year contract. I they like Alex Smith. I don't see it happening. Yeah, nobody else there. National, the NFC, the Eagles won't be doing it. The The Redskins could do it. The Redskins very well could do it if they let Cousins go. Yeah, but why would you, again, assuming Cousins has... A good year. Why would you do that? Because, Cousins because is twelve Dan years Snyder. younger. Because it's Dan Snyder, and we don't. Dan Snyder is like George Steinbrenner. It's how big a back without the, could I without make? the championship. Has, well, it depends. Yeah. Is Deion Sanders walking through that door? Is Bruce Smith walking no. through that door? You think he's learned? I think he hasn't. I think he hasn't said too much over the last couple of years, and the team has gotten progressively better. 
That's true. Okay, so if you're going past that, which I still think is a possibility, mind you, the Cowboys, if Prescott, hey, if Prescott doesn't do it this year, they can get out of the Tony Romo game and sign Drew Brees. And he's a he's a Texas boy. That does make sense. I don't know about I don't know about cap space, but that would make sense. Okay. Let's say the Vikings don't do it with Bradford. And Bridgewater can't come back. Two year Minnesota rendezvous? Yeah, that's not re- reasonable. They play in a do- Well, is the new stadium a dome? It's it not, is. correct? No, it, it is. is a dome. It absolutely is. Okay. Absolutely. So they play in a dome. That would work. They don't They don't have okay. great receivers. But, you know, unless LeCon Treadwell becomes a stud, you know, I like Stefan Diggs a lot, but if he's your number one, that may be problematic. Um. Okay. He's not even their number one. He's pretty much their one, two, and three. Um, right. But that's what we're looking at. You're kind of looking at these teams with, yeah, I mean, Dallas always wants to wants to bring in a big name. The Jets want to bring in a big name. You know, these are, I mean, I guess you can't really go to Houston. That's why I would just sign that, four, that four-year contract. You could go to Denver, but I don't really see that as a fit. Um. Um, I mean, maybe. You know, there, there, because who knows what you're getting in Simeon? Or you just signed? Excuse me, you just drafted Paxton Lynch. So, there, there are a couple places he's not going to be out of a job. It would be kind of sad, although he didn't start off in New Orleans. It would be sad to see him go anywhere else. You know, similar to seeing Johnny Unitas on the Rams, or excuse me, Joe Namath on the Rams. You know, Drew Brees is synonymous with New Orleans football. And to see him play for anybody else would be a bit oh, for the fans down in the bayou. No, no, no argument here. Absolutely no argument here. Okay, so moving on to the oh, uh, we we the actually set. have a we actually have a caller. Hold on, we have a caller. Woo-hoo! Bring it on. It's been a while. You're always Seth and Sean. Hey, gentlemen, we got Jerry's in the house here. Just got a quick question: six championships in eight years. Normally do pretty well. My question is, uh, it's a PPR league. You, know, you get a point for every 10 yards, get 100 yards, uh, you know, five bonus points. Alan sure. uh, Robinson and, and Jarvis Landry will be my normal starters. I have um, Shepard from the Giants on there, and I have Funches. Now, it, what's really weird is, you know, I, I got Jordan Reed as my tight end. I got Cousins as my quarterback and Bortles. My question is, do I keep Funches or do I try to take a chance on Tejan, Sharp, or – Believe it or not, Pierre Garçon last year had 72 catches, 700 and some yards, and so many touchdowns, 185 points. Um, he's, you know, he's not real <laughs> like popular, but he's ranked, I think, 63rd in the NFL. Um, who do you like with, with that? Uh, well, I don't know how often I use that person. We do have a flex where you can use either a running back or, or, or a receiver. So what's your take on that guy in a PPR league? Sure, I appreciate the call. So I think yep. number one is you have to look at bye weeks and make sure that you're stacked on every bye week, and that's kind of yep, important I'm okay. when you're looking yep. at your back. Yep, yep, I'm okay with any yeah. uh, okay. I'm okay with Funches. If I pick, if I keep him, I'm okay with, with Garcon, and I'm okay with uh, Sharp if I were to take one of them and drop Funches because my other ones, there's no conflict. 
Sure. So we know that Seth has a, has a soft spot for his Giants, and I don't see that as, as a horrible pick. I do love Garcon, and the reason I like Garcon is him and Cousins seem to have something together, and they have for a while. And Garcon is a reliable option down there in Washington. They are going to throw it a lot more now that Matt Jones is, is, is banged up and Jordan Reed is healthy. I think that I, I do like Garcon. If, if you're looking for the if you're looking for the staple, if you're looking for the, for the guy with the, the highest floor, but he also does have the lowest ceiling. If you're looking for the guy with the highest ceiling and you're, you're hoping to take a shot, I think Bunches is your guy. But remember, he's not going to get those touchdowns because the only people that get touchdowns in, in Carolina are Greg Olson, Cam Newton, and maybe a running back. And that's it, because they only run the ball. So that, that's my take. That's what you mean. Um, is it a, is it a keeper league? Is there a, is there a guy? No, no I mean, no, it's, a redraft, the reason, it's a PPR league. We redraft every year a whole new team. Okay. Because, I mean, you know, we've all been hearing quite a bit about T.J. Sharp down in, down in Tennessee, and that's the reason why mm-hmm. they traded Dorian Green Beckham. The problem is mm-hmm. it's Tennessee. Which is both good and bad in this case, just kind of because Tennessee, Mariota, they don't want to be throwing the ball. You have Derrick Henry, you have uh, Demarco Murray. This is going to be, and you have Marcus Mariota. This is going to be a team that's going to want to run and run and run. But there's also right. a reality that this team is going to be down a lot. They're going to have to throw the ball, and Delaney Walker is not going to have another. Is not going to have a hundred catches. Um, I like to me. I'm more, I like taking more of a risk on these kind of things on a fourth or fifth receiver because for all intents and purposes, what you're looking for is you have your starters, you, even, you have your number three. I would rather take a guy with a higher upside than a consistent. I think you can always pick up a consistent guy. There's always wide receiver. How many players in your league? 10, 12. Uh, it's a 12-team yeah, league because I'm using it for like a flex because my running backs, I got David Johnson. I picked up Ware because I dropped Fuller. I got Stewart. I got Trayvon Coleman. I got D'Angelo Williams. So this week I'll go Williams and I'll go with, uh, you know, David Johnson. I got an A on the Yahoo right. draft. And you'll probably, got, but you probably got, and you'll do Spencer Ware probably as your, as your flex. That's what I made because when I use this other thing, which is a, a, a site called Starters that I join every year, um, believe it or not, every week, you know, it's given um, Pierre Garçon more points than the other other receivers, other than Landry and what's his name, um, uh, Allen Robinson. They're giving him like double digits all the time, 12, 14, 13, 15, if you were to use them in that. You know, well, and again, last year, you know, Dijon Mustard was out, which was Jackson. You know, he's always hurt, so maybe he got more targets. But like you said, he does. A lot of people overlook Orson, but he does have a nice relationship. Now, whether Dobson will take anything away, I think Dobson's more of a burner, maybe like a Jackson type. Uh, he's more so of a Jackson because Jackson's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Um, right. I think you do fine. I'll be honest. I think you do fine with any of them because you're real. To me, for consistency, you go with Garcon. If you want upside. You go with right. you go with sharp because you and I think you're fine with punches. You have a solid team for a twelve man. I mean, I, you know, I'm not right. giving you a huge answer because I think it's really more on your personality. If you want, if you right. want someone who you know is going to give you nine to ten points a game, then you go with Garcon. If you want someone who's going to be okay, it could be three points one game, but it could be eighteen another. 
then you know, and right. I then you may go with a sharp or someone like that. No, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate we appreciate it. Hey, hey, yep. yep. Um, okay. Well, we back to back to our uh, what do you call it? Our uh, draft, our I draft, our NFL preview. And so we were talking, as I said, we were talking New Orleans. We just finished the NFC South. So I guess we jumped to the NFC West, where it is it is two teams and a whole lot of nothing. Um, you start off. You're either looking at Arizona or Seattle in the West. I don't think there's much question about that. The Rams just don't do anything. They're the same team every year. And San Francisco, I mean, I don't even think Chip Kelly got, had any feel for what he was walking into uh, six months ago when he took this job. I like Arizona. Um, I, I look at this team, you know, they're stacked at every position. Your quarterback, as long as your quarterback stays solid, stays healthy in, in Palmer, you have David Johnson, you have Chris Johnson backing him up. You have the three wideouts in Fitzgerald, Floyd, and, and John Brown. Your defense is solid and has been solid for years. You seem, you know, they now have some playoff experience. You haven't made it to the NFC Finals, or they were there the year before as well. I like them slightly over Seattle, um, who – as good as Russell Wilson is, I don't trust the running game. Everyone is up Thomas is on Thomas Rawls. He's not he's not Marshawn Lynch, and he's injury prone. And I don't expect don't know what to expect from a day to day basis from Christine Michael. Uh, the Rams are the epitome of a seven and nine, eight and eight team. Why they why Jeff Fisher has a job is beyond me. And San, I mean San Francisco. If there's a team not worth discussing in the NFL this year. Uh, it's from a play, play from a playing standpoint, not from a well other other I guess standpoint. It's San Francisco. Their offense, they have Torrey Smith and Carl, Carlos Hyde, and that's really about it. Their defense is mediocre. I think you're looking Arizona eleven and five, eleven and five, Seattle eleven and five, the Rams around seven and nine, with still the worst passing game in the NFL, and uh, the Niners at three and thirteen. Yeah, I don't have any real big secrets going on here. I agree with your order entirely. And really, they have John Brown? John Brown is on the, on, on the Cardinals? He, he's certainly not on our team this year, unfortunately. We were not able to secure his services. We would like to, at this time, however, bid adieu to uh, all of our favorite players who did not make it to the to the repeat championship <laughs> of this year. Uh, D'Angelo Williams, John Brown, Blake Bortles. Well, we do welcome back Joe Flacco and Carson Palmer, along with um, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. That being said, both teams, Seattle and Arizona, are one injury away from not making the playoffs. Because neither one of them – look, I'm, I'm a big proponent of Drew Stanton. He certainly helped us out last year in a pinch. But, and he helped out the Cardinals in the pinch. But he is not a playoff quarterback. And as far as backup quarterbacks go, Seattle doesn't even have one on the roster. I mean, they have Taylor Boykin, who last no, time Chavon, he played was in Sorry, oh, Chavon he's a rookie. Yeah, well, that's what I said. Last time he played, he was in college. So, he, so their number two is a rookie behind the – you can say it here. I believe he is the most valuable single player in the NFL. I think without him, 
on his team as opposed to any other player on their team, they go down. I don't think they can win without Russell Wilson. I'm not sure you can say well, that can. of any – I'm sorry? I said they can't. Nobody, right. you know, so Doug, what I'm saying is – You know, their, their wide receiver, their wide receiving crew, you know, Baldwin had a great year. Lockett had a great year. Jimmy Graham was not great. Uh, we'll see how he fits in better this year. But you look at that team, that offense is predicated on Russell Wilson more than any team is really predicated on it. Has, is court predicated on a certain player. We actually have another caller, so Excellent. bear with us a second. Uh, you're, hey, you're on. You're on. Hey, what's going on, fellas? This is Bryce calling from Brooklyn. Hey, Bryce. Hey, Bryce. How what's are going you on? Tonight? What's going on? How you guys doing tonight? We're doing well. What can we do for you, sir? All right. So here's the deal. I wanted to give you fantasy team that I have, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Okay, go sure. for it. And if you have, all right, all right, here we go. If you have a name for our fantasy week, we'd certainly like that as well. So go ahead. <laughs> um, all right. So this is a this is an ESPN twelve team league standard. Um, anyone uh, wide receiver, running back, tight end can be the flex. Here's my team. My my starters right now: Jameis Winston, Adrian Peterson, Jeremy Langford, Jordy Nelson, Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey. Kelvin Benjamin, Cardinals D, Prater, Matt Prater is my kicker. The bench, Jamal Charles, Marvin Jones, Derrick Henry, Andy Dalton, Corey Coleman, Devontae Booker, and Eric Ebron. All right, so, Seth, why don't you go first? This is a non-PPR league if it's standard. So, Seth, why right. don't you go first? That's it. Well, that's an inter- you said this is a twelve-man league, right? Twelve or you said twelve? Yes. Twelve, yes. That's solid. Peterson is a top three running back in the non-PPR. Um, Charles will be fine after you, you give him a couple weeks to, to get healthy. Your wide receivers are solid. You know, um, I'm sorry. Getting Mike Evans. I mean, Jordy Nelson. You have to obviously hope for health for help for his health to come back. He should be fine. Evans can't just just can't drop as many court, as many catches as he should have last. Kevin should have a better year this year. Winston will be a, a year better. I like the team. Kelsey's solid. Yeah. Your, defense is, your defense is fine. But what's nice is you have a decent bench. Where Remind me who your second starting running back was. I apologize. Sure, sure. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give you all the running backs. Peterson, Langford. I've got, I've got um, Derek Henry and Jamal Charles and Devontae Booker. So I'll tell you, let me, yeah. let me hit on this. I think your running backs are great if they're healthy. That's number one. Number two, you're, you're hoping for some upside right here with, with Henry and with Booker. I'm not a big Langford fan at all, especially in a non-PPR league. I think he's a tremendous PPR player because he does catch the ball out of the backfield. But in a non-PPR league, he's a smaller running back. And while they do have both guards that are pro bowlers, I think you might be wanting a little bit and hoping that Henry or Booker or Charles steps up and becomes that guy. So we really thank you for calling. Do you have, do you have a, a suggestion for our team league, for our league, league name? Oh, league name. Um, man, you put me on the – you put me on the spot. You know, why don't you just call it? Why don't you just call it something simple but effective? Going the distance. All right, that sounds like a that sounds like a good one. We'll take that under consideration. Thanks, Thanks so the, much for calling. Thanks for the call, Thanks, guys. 
So, Seth, thanks so much for everybody that called. Let me ask you this. And I was thinking about this when, when one of our friends, who will not be named, asked both Seth and myself about his, his team. Do people want honesty when they talk about their team? Do they want us to say, you need something here, you need something there, or are they just looking for, and I'm not saying anybody is doing this, they are just looking for affirmation on the way that they drafted their team. Like, I know, looking at our team, we certainly need help in certain situations. We need things to fall right. I'm wondering whether other people have that same thought process. I like the first caller where he said, who do you think out of these four players? And is giving us suggestions. But most people say, here's my team, what do you think? Do you want me to blow smoke up your butt? Or do you want me to give you an honest answer? What do you think, Sam? I think it depends on the, on the, on the individual. I think there are certain people where they honestly – because the thing is, everyone has been doing Fantasy League for years. So, for the most part, everyone the, – the knowledge – this discrepancy which you had years ago is gone. After you've drafted five or six times and you're not taking Mike Vanderchak in the fifth round, um, you know, everyone knows you can go on Yahoo or go on ESPN and drop and download a list and you're you're 95% as knowledgeable as everybody else or 90% as knowledgeable as everybody else. Um, Correct. People want affirmation. You know, Unless you, unless you're built in a way where you don't really care what people think and you just want actual thought process on it, um, not that you don't. Nobody should care what we. There's nothing that we should care what we think. I love when people ask me for advice. I don't love when people say, eh, you know, when people come back and say, you know, well, if I give the advice, well, you're wrong. Well, you know, I disagree with you. Well, you know, that's right. fine. Well, that's kind of what I was saying is that. If you're, yeah. ask, if you're asking me for an opinion, don't come back defensively and say, well, I don't think you're right. You're asking me for my opinion, and my opinion is X. By the way, I do like the suggestion for the man who just said that. Going the distance, dot, 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 again. <laughs> you like that? That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Yeah, th- thank you. So, uh, so a little shout-out to our friend in Brooklyn for that one. We definitely give you some props. We do have 25 minutes left, and we have to get through the whole AFC. So let's go to uh, who do you have in the playoffs of the NFC? Uh, okay. Skins, Panthers, Buccaneers, Packers, uh, Arizona, and Seattle. That's what I got. I, I got that exactly down the line. I think the Buccaneers are the, the Giants. 16. Oh, well, you have the Giants, Giants, not the Sorry. Redskins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giants and the Redskins. I think the the Buccaneers get the sixth seed, um, and the and the uh, the Seahawks get the five seed. It goes through that way. Who do you have coming out of the uh, NFC? Arizona. Okay, I I again have Carolina. Until you can beat them, I'm still putting them there. I think they have the best all around team. I do love Car- I do love Phoenix or Arizona. You know I'm a big fan, a big proponent. Oh, look, a guy that has the last name of me quarterbacking that team. I think it's going to be Carolina and Arizona, and it really depends to me who has home field in that. Okay, so the AFC, let's go to the East, which we might as well put name it the new Tom Brady division because 
no matter how many times he gets suspended, no matter how many games he's going to miss, New England's still going to win the division. They're going to go 11-5, and and they're going to win the division. As far as I'm concerned, the Jets could be oh, could be one and five or five and one in the first six games. I have no idea on how this is going to go. I am taking them at nine and seven, much the same as they were last year, and hoping beyond hope for a playoff appearance. Although I don't see it, Miami at seven and nine, not making that big jump that everybody is hoping that they will. Although I do see Tannehill having a having a very good year. And Buffalo again at 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 six and ten. Uh, their defense, I know everybody's loving Rex. They have a lot of injuries on that defense. Shaq Lawson, Reggie Ranklin, their whole draft is hurt. So I just don't see it that way. It's kind of like a defense getting hurt because their defense did get hurt. I'm going to read to you the first six, first seven six games of the Jets schedule at Cincinnati. Uh, at Buffalo, or excuse me, home against Cincinnati, probably a loss. At Buffalo, 50-50. At Kansas City, probably a loss. Versus Seattle, at the Steelers, at the Cardinals. I don't yeah, see five and one. I, 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 I'm much more apt to see one and five. Um, I think they take a – I think, look, I can see – we all can see New England wins the division at 11 and five, 12 and four, whatever you want to put it. I'm, I, I have them at 11 and five. Um I'm going to have Miami at nine and seven, the Jets at seven and nine, and Buffalo at seven and nine. See, and here's I think the, the Jets. I actually have them winning that first game. I think they're going to beat Cincinnati. I think they're going to beat Buffalo, and I think they're going to beat Kansas City on the road. I know it's a hard three. I get it. I don't see them beating Arizona. To me, there's no way that they beat Arizona. I don't think they beat Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is week five or is it week four? Week five. Week five. So Le'Veon's back. No, I don't see that. And who, and they play Seattle at home or on the road? No. Uh, yeah, at home. Excuse me. I think that's actually a winnable game. I know you're going to say no. You think they're going to? Think you that, think they're going to be four and? Well, no, it's winnable, but you think they're going to be four and zero? Oh? I think they will be three and one in those four games. I think it is it is very conceivable for them to be three and one in those four games. Look, I don't, you have get through those... I don't have a lot of faith in Cincinnati this year. I just don't. I don't like their I don't like the receiving core, especially in the first four games with no effort. They're starting new wideouts beyond AJ Green. Jeremy Hill is still Jeremy Hill. I like Bernard, but their offense is not what it should be for a top for a top team without I don't see them having weapons, do you? Anywhere in there? Oh, I think they're stacked. I think Cincinnati's think behind. Okay. Well, we're oh, going to I'm, I'm good with the, uh, Yeah, we'll get to Cincinnati shortly. Um, look, if you have the Jets going three and three in their first six, yeah, then I don't. Then I'm surprised you have them only at eight and eight. No, I said nine and seven actually. Okay. Um, because after that, their schedule. You know, they play the Dolphins twice. They play the Patriots twice. But you know, the rest of the schedule. The Ravens at home at Cleveland, the Rams at home, yeah. the the Colts. Like, this, these are winnable games. I think they can go 3-3 three so, three in their first mix. I really do. I think they're going to win three out of their first four. I think they beat Cincinnati. If they do that, Sunday. then I would be – if they do that and they go 10 and – they go 9-7, and seven, I'd be really disappointed. 
Well, unfortunately, that welcomes to being a Jets fan. Fair enough. So, okay. So in the in the AFC North, why don't you take it away, and I will follow suit. All right. To me, it's still a two. It's a two. It's it's not a three team. It's a two team league. It is Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, and. You know, Baltimore is coming off a really weird year. I don't know what to make out of them, I'll be honest with you. Cleveland should be demoted to AAA at this point. If this was the English Premier League, Cleveland would be, would be, playing, in the league, would be playing in the minors or the Arena Football League and maybe pushing up whatever team or, or if they were demoted to the Canadian League and you'd have the Hamilton Tiger Cats coming up. Um, they're the worst team in the NFL. You know, they, they, you know at least there's – They've gotten rid of every piece of talent they have except for uh, Joe Thomas and Joe Hayden. You know, they're looking at, to me, they're, first, they're the number one overall pick looking at three and 13, maybe. Um, I can't read Baltimore. I just can't. I don't know what to make of their running game. Everyone who's ever listened to the show knows my feelings on Flacco. Their wideouts are mediocre. Their defense, who the heck knows, you know, if, you know how good Suggs is going to be coming back. I'm going to put, you know, I do like Jim Harbaugh a lot. I think they're the best, one of the best organizations in football. Um, I do, I have them at seven and nine. I just can't read them at this point. Um, Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati's fine. Um, you know, look, they, they're, it's so, forgetting their absolute destru- self-destruction in the playoffs last year. Um they still have A.J. Green. The running backs are still good with Bernard and Hill. Dalton's fine. Eifert will be back by week five or week six. The defense is very, very, the defense is very, very good. Tyler Boyd is going to be a stud as their number two. I like them. Um, I think they're going to be fine. And I think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh scares me. No Mart- Martavis Bennett. Uh, Darius Green has been out for, is out for the year. Their defense is, not, is certainly nothing special. I still like Cincy. Um, Cincy ten and six. Pittsburgh ten and six. Cincy wins the division, and then Baltimore seven and nine, and Cleveland three and thirteen. Okay, so I just went through Cincinnati's schedule, and it was quite interesting. So they play at New York, at Pittsburgh, and against Denver at home in their first three games. Okay, okay. I think those, I, I think that's all in three. They lose all three of those games. <laughs> No, I do. Okay. But then their schedule gets much, much easier. They play at home against Miami, at Dallas, at New England. I mean, at New England's a hard game. At Dallas, I think they win. At home against Cleveland, at home against Washington, at the Giants, at home against Buffalo, at Baltimore, at home against Philly, at Cleveland, at, uh, at home against Pittsburgh, at Houston, and they finish off at Baltimore. So you're right; they they'll be fine. I think they go eleven of uh, ten and six or nine and seven, and that's with losing the first three games. I mean, and I, I have them winning the first three games. So, <laughs> well, if you have them winning the first three games, they could go twelve and four. What I say, ten and six, eleven and five? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I mean, they could go twelve and four, thirteen and three if you have them winning those first. You have them. Okay, you have them winning. Denver at home, at Pittsburgh, and at the Jets. Okay. So, I yeah, think please, Pittsburgh oh, – Go ahead. 
without Le'Veon Bell, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh's defense is still a, a bit of a mess, mishmash. True. Okay. Well, I think that these two teams, they each go. I think you got ten and six Cincinnati based on what I just did. Nine and seven Pittsburgh, and then seven and six and ten Baltimore, and then of course the Browns are two and fourteen. Of course, the Browns are two and fourteen. Absolutely. What else South. could they be? Yeah, the AFC South, which may be one of the most heavily contested divisions. Not great divisions, but contested divisions. I think a lot of these teams go about 500. So I actually I have Indy winning the division, at, and that's really no surprise. But ten and six, Houston at nine and seven, Jacksonville also at nine and seven, and Tennessee at seven and nine. I see no reason why Indy is going to be any better. Their offensive line is horrendous. Well, besides Andrew the fact Luck that Andrew Luck was there the whole year, which he wasn't last year. Well, we don't. We have no idea if he's going to be there the whole year because their offensive line is horrendous. Okay, fair. Um, I think their defense is not very good. Frank Gore is 114 years old. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a franchise that's been in flux that they were going to fire their coach and then bring them back. I think Indy self destructs, not self destructs. I think I agree with you that you have three teams that are right around eight and eight. Um, I have I'm going to go with Jacksonville winning this division at nine and seven. Houston also nine and seven. Indy eight and eight, and Tennessee at five and eleven. Okay. Now, Houston, I don't know. I I don't know exactly what to make out of Houston. Um, they could. They would. I wouldn't be surprised to see them jump up and win this division at ten and six, eleven and five. They're, Clowney May is finally healthy, taken long enough. Lamar Miller is going to finally get a real workload. Hopkins is a top five receiver. Nobody knows really what to make of Osweiler. They don't have a number two receiver. We'll see if Will Fuller can do the job. Um, you know. Jacksonville is young, very young and very talented. And they're going to be a year that this is probably the year for them to make their run. Um, Not make their run, but at least get to the next tier. If it was a good division, I would not have them winning this far, going this far. But in a very weak division, I would be, I, I I think they're going to be okay. Tennessee, to me, is kind of in nowhere land. They have running backs. You know, they have the young running back in Henry. They have Murray. Their defense is okay. They still have no wideout help for Mariota. I'm not sure Malarkey was exactly an inspired hire. Yeah, I see Jacksonville as a year away. I I don't see this as their year. Um, Although their schedule is quite favorable. I mean, they play play the, the NFC North. So they play the Chicago, Detroit. Green Bay and Minnesota. So they play. They start at home against Green Bay. Then they go to San Diego, play at home against Baltimore and Indy. And I think we'll know where they are after those first four games. They have a bye week on week five. So if they're at three and one with the loss against Green Bay, I can see them beating Green Bay. I just don't see this as their year. Hello, Jake, and welcome to the program. So, <laughs> all right. Moving on to the West, um, Kansas City, the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Chargers. 
the Raiders are another one of those teams that everybody is very high on this year. Um, do you see Denver being able to keep it up without a quarterback or at least without a top-flight quarterback for the first half of the year at least? Um, keep it up meaning win the division, keep it up meaning go to the Super Bowl. I mean, think about it. Look at it. They won, they won, they won the Super Bowl with probably – one of the five worst quarterbacks, unfortunately, in the NFL last year. Um, Manning was terrible. Okay, we all fair. know this. That's fair. Um, I think they take a step back as I think they overachieved. Um, I don't think they were – I was stunned how well they ended up doing. Their defense, while very good, is not it's, – it's being made out to be a Ravens of 2000 or a Bears of 80, you know, Bears of 85, and as great a three-game run as they had. I don't see them in that category. I think they take a step back. Um, I don't see them winning division this year. So who do you have winning the division this year? Because I don't see Kansas City winning it. Because I don't like their defense well enough to win it. And that leaves the Raiders. And, man, that would be a, a nice surprise. Yeah, I don't see I, I see Kansas City winning it. Um I don't think the Raiders are ready yet. You know, it's kind of the – I think they're, you're always going to have teams that are getting a lot of hype, and some of them live up to it, and some of them it takes another year or two. You know, Jacksonville has been kind of building on this for a couple of years considering how bad they were three, two, three, four years ago. The Raiders, this has all kind of come about in the last year or two. I think the Raiders stay around 8-8. Eight and eight. I think Kansas City wins the division at 10-6. and six. Look, I think Charles is back by – by week two, by week three, Charles is back. Their defense is is pretty solid. I certainly wouldn't take them to go very far in a playoffs because they're Kansas City and they just never go very far in the playoffs. But I do like the D. Houston, I know is people are still concerned about about Houston. Um, Derek, the linebacker. Houston, not Justin Houston. Houston. Um, well, well, remember, Justin Houston is actually put on the pup list. He's not playing for at least the first six games. He's out the first six weeks. Yeah, I don't have the I don't have the divisions in front of me right now, um, or I don't have the schedules. Excuse me, in front of me right now. But I, I, I have a feeling. I just Macklin is, is solid. Smith does what he does. They just seem to win a lot of these game, these close games. And I'm going to have them winning at 10-6, Denver at 9-7, Oakland at 8-8, eight and, eight, and San Diego somewhere in that 6-10, and 7-9 range. And I wouldn't even be surprised if San Diego make a run. Okay, I don't think San Diego is going to make a run at all. Uh, I, I don't like that team. I think they finished last. And unfortunately, last means probably they're also last year in San Diego, which is really unfortunate being in the nicest city in the country and not having the NFL. I think Denver is, is finishing third. I like the Raiders at second. And I like Kansas City at first, but I don't like Kansas City winning a whole lot of games. I mean, I, I see them maybe 10 and 6, maybe 9 and 7. That, like, it's going to be very, very close. I think I think San Diego goes 5 and 11. Um, and I think that the Wait, Raiders go nine make, and seven. Didn't, didn't he just? Didn't he just kind of make fun of me for taking Kansas City to, to win the division, or being very questioning? Well, no, you, I didn't. didn't he just, I thought you had said that they were going to win a lot of games, meaning like twelve or thirteen. 
I didn't no. say I didn't make fun of winning the division. I just didn't. I I agree with you that they will win it. I just don't see them winning a whole lot of games, and I think Denver is actually going to drop behind Oakland. I think you're going to can't. So who Oakland's going to? I think Denver's going to go eight and eight. San Diego will go five and eleven. Kansas City will win the division, and the Raiders may sneak into a wild card. So who are your division so, teams? So I have New England, obviously, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, although you're making me rethink that, but I'm still staying with them. Kansas City, the Raiders make the, Raiders make the uh, playoffs as do the Bengals. Okay, so who do you have? Who is your conference champion? Well, I think I said my conference champion is Carolina on the on the NFC side, and on the AFC side, oh, oh it, it, it's <laughs> you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it. Yeah, you're, it's gonna hurt you, isn't it? it? It is because there's no team that can beat New England again. So I will take New England to win, and I'm gonna take Carolina to win the Super Bowl because. God help me if New England wins another one. <laughs> uh, uh, my six, I have, ooh, sorry about that. I'm going to, I'm going to have uh, New England, obviously in the East, uh, Cincy and Pittsburgh in the North, Jacksonville and I'm going to say Jacksonville and Houston in actually, no, just Jacksonville, excuse me, in, in the South in Kansas city and Denver in, in the West. And what the hell? Because they've disappointed so many times just to make it interesting to not take new England, because there's no reason, there's no reason to take anyone other than new England in my mind. I'm going to go with Cincy. They've only lost six straight playoff games. How hard can it be to go to win three in a row after that? They can run the table, no problem. So I mean, to me, you're looking at the three, be- the three best teams. Look, in all seriousness, the three best teams in that in that conference to me are Cincy, Pittsburgh, and New England. And so that gives me a Super Bowl of Arizona, Cincy, and I'm going to go with Arizona. You know, it's funny where I really don't want, obviously. New England to win a Super Bowl. But if there is a team that's built to beat a New England team, it's Carolina to me. They run the ball very well, and they play good defense. And I'll take them any time. All right, we got five minutes left. Besides the fact that Jake wants to talk on the radio, what else you got? Well, uh, pretty much – Oh, this is this is going to be this is the first time I've had to try and change the baby. Is if you if you've noticed a, cha- a little bit of a difference in the last couple minutes um, of the show. Uh, you know, I think I want to give shouts out to the guy. You know, Florida State has Florida State has caught a lot of grief over the last God knows how many years. But I don't know if you saw. By the way, I'm assuming you can hear that in the background. Oh yeah. Um, Oh yeah, welcome to fatherhood. I'm with you. So, yeah, I don't know if you saw about the the Florida State wide receiver who caught, yep. yeah, who brought the who brought uh, sat at lunch with the autistic uh, child, where it worked out. Well, where? No, I didn't. 
where he he um, you know he took you know, the kid who was nobody was sitting next to, and then suddenly he has a lot of friends. Like the girls are all sitting next to him apparently, and then I forget the guy's name off the top of my head. Um, but now he, they went out to lunch again, and he's invited them to a Florida State game. As much grief as so many of these players get, let's give them, let's give credit where credit is due. You know, and it's it's nice to see. So props to him and props Agreed. to Jimbo Fisher down in Florida State. Agreed. Okay, so as far as I'm concerned, this was my weekend to once again determine that I probably do not want kids. It was an annual reminder of that. Four kids in the George household reminded me that that is probably four more than I will ever want. So I thank them for at least that reminder and seeing how Seth is enjoying himself while on the show. Uh, maybe that may be a reminder every day. But the fact no, of the my matter kid is, is, my kid is my kid is awesome. So I have no complaints. <laughs> because he is your kid. Um, thanks to those that have called in today. We, we, we love taking calls. We actually do. Uh, with one minute to go, good luck in your fantasy league draft if you're drafting tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday. And enjoy the NFL season. Um, for all those wives that will no longer see their husbands until February 12th, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it works. It's an annual thing. Find yourself like a diamond and tell them to buy it. All right. For <laughs> Seth Davis, this is John Palmer. Thanks, everybody, for calling. And we will talk to you next week and recap the game uh Week one of the NFL season. Have a good one. Have a good one, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.